0: Hey everybody, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this last message in this series on the justice of God. You know, I I, I love this message and I really loved writing the book that accompanies this, which by the way, you can get the free a version of the book as a download just by just by going to our website or or clicking on clicking on the link that's being provided for you and you can download this for free and i'm telling you what this book is a life changer i can't even tell you how many uh emails and and posts and messages i've gotten from people talking about how this book on the wisdom of God for a fair and just world has really transformed their thinking, transformed their life. Because the interesting thing, if if you, we want justice in every area of life. You know, we want justice in our world, but you know, we want justice in our families. We want justice between parents and children. We want justice in every arena of life. There's nothing more frustrating in life probably than. feeling like you're experiencing injustice you know I was talking to one of my one of my daughters today and we were talking about something that's happening you know with one of my grandkids in school and I said well you know that's what I did when I was in school you know when I was in school I'm talking about from the first grade all the way to my last day in school if I was guilty of something and if I got caught Uh, i just took the punishment you know our our generation was very different from this generation we were not raised to be a bunch of victims we were not raised to feel like that we had the right to to violate the rules and never have consequences so so most of my generation when we got caught you just took the punishment now this generation is quite different this generation if you get caught you start, you start claiming that you're being treated unfairly, you're being judged, you're being mistreated, or some nonsense like that. But in our generation, when I was young, back in the 50s and 60s, you got caught, you just paid the price. But, now where I got into a lot of trouble going to school, and particularly when I got up into high school, was if a teacher accused me of something I did not do, i would not let them punish me i just wouldn't do it and uh, i mean i had some confrontations with teachers and principals and uh you know where they said i did something i said i didn't do it i said you know if i'd done it i wouldn't mind taking the punishment for it but i didn't do it so i'm not taking the punishment and i tell you you it got down to some really really difficult situations and had they tried to punish me for something i didn't do uh, it would not have gone well now i'm not saying you should do that i'm just saying that's where i was and really most of us even though you may not you may not have been willing to fight against against the lack of justice when you were young, the way I was. Uh, the reality is, is, inwardly, we are all dramatically affected by any sense of injustice. And, you know, we want to be treated fairly. Now, let me say something about about this generation that's out here on the streets rioting and burning things down and killing people and injuring policemen. This, this generation is not seeking justice. This generation... Uh, has been groomed on self centeredness, on a victim's mentality. They have been groomed and developed into codependency. They have been groomed and developed to appreciate nothing and feel like they are entitled to everything, whether they earn it, whether they work for it or not. And that is really the message that our government has sent. And that's especially the message that our liberal socialistic schools have sent is to teach people entitlement and victimhood their entire lives. So I just want you to know that these people out here on the streets that are screaming about, about injustice, they're liars, they're con artists, they're thieves. You know, I was watching, um, I, I don't want to get too far off track here, but I was watching uh, today as they were reporting in Philadelphia, I'm watching in Philadelphia, 30 police officers have been, you know, have been injured. Uh, you're watching people go into, into Walmart and, and they're coming out with with little dollies carrying washing machines and, and dryers and dishwashers that they're stealing. And so, So let me ask you this, what does any of that have to do with justice? Now, and this go back to where the justification for all this started. The justification started when a man with a knife, where the police had been called to that resident more than 30 times and had already been called there that day, a man with a knife is running around threatening people. Now, let's so and think about this. If the police don't come... Then they're going to hate the police and say, see, you never take care of our neighborhoods. But if the police do come and actually take the situation in control, then there's going to be anger and outrage for that. So the police show up and and I watched the videos. They did everything they could to try to avoid having to defend themselves. Now, let me just point this out to you. You may not understand this. You know, I was interviewing a, a, a former police officer not too long ago, and he says that once the police show up on a scene, they become liable for what happens. And what that would mean, if there's a guy there with a gun, if there's a guy there with a knife that's threatening people, and if those police officers do nothing and just walk away, and that person murders somebody, they can now be tried for that death they can be tried for wrongful death or 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 second degree murder second third degree murder i don't i I don't know but but because they once they show up on the scene get out of the car they actually assume a legal liability and, and so what you find in these situations, you find there is no resolving angry people. Now, angry people, their outrage, sometimes angry people's outrage is justified. Some people's, sometimes outrage is just unreasonable. But here's what the Bible tells you. The Bible says, if you try to contend with an angry, per- foolish person, it really doesn't matter if they laugh. It really doesn't matter if they rage. There's never going to be peace, and that's what we're facing right now. When the police do go out, and I'm not saying the police always get it right. I'm not saying that the police. Are, I'm not defending them in every situation. But here, here is the thing that I do want to say. Okay, so today uh, they're breaking into stores and stealing something, which means this has nothing to do with justice. This means this provides the opportunity for wicked, corrupt lawless people to steal and kill uh, and get by with it. But but here is the thing that I'm struggling with. If this was about justice, so you got, a, you got a man with a knife that gets killed because he is trying to attack the police. You go back to George Floyd. George Floyd was a criminal who had four times the amount of fentanyl in his system that you can have and and live with. George Floyd would have died regardless of what was happening, but he was a criminal. You know, you, you go back on this list of people that are committing crimes, people that are hurting people, people that are most of the time attacking the police and there's this massive outrage uh, and there's this cry of unfairness and we're being treated wrong. So I just want to say this, I mean, I want to go on record as saying this, the day that you have that kind of outrage for the one-year-old, by the way, that that has been killed in that has been shot in Philadelphia, for the times that three-year-olds, eighteen-month-old, ten-year-olds, twelve-year-old, olds 14 have been murdered by violence in the street, not by police violence, but by violence in the priest When you have the level of outrage for babies and children being killed by their own neighbors and by the gangs and by the thugs and by the drug dealers. When you got the level of outrage for for those murders that you do for the police defending themselves, then I will consider that you might actually be able to justify your position. Up until then, I'm just saying that you are a thug looking for an opportunity to, to commit crimes and get by with it under the veil of pretending that you have great outrage for injustice. so you know what let's, let's stop playing this injustice card let's stop pre- let's stop using this as an opportunity to go out and commit crimes let let's play all this stuff for what it is. Now the sad thing is there really are people mixed up in these situations that do feel like they're being treated uh, unfairly and maybe. Treat it unfairly, but this is not. Those are not the people that are breaking into stores, burning houses down, shooting other people, running over people, stabbing people, and doing all of this wickedness that's going on in the world. Now, let me let me just say this: America is going to crawl. going to fall. America has crossed the tipping point. You know, right now we've got we've got a corrupt FBI i mean i mean it is so corrupt uh we, we've got we, we've got a corrupt cia we've got corruption in almost every level of government in, in america and the honest truth is whether you like it or not whether you like him as a politician or not the real honest truth is the reason Washington hates Donald Trump is because he's breaking up how they stole money for the Amer- from the American people. How he is re- he is exposing their corruption and they hate him because he is messing up their system. And their their system is to destroy the middle class in America and bring us to the place where we crumble under the weight of socialism and we create an elitist uh, a governance where only the elite have the money, only the elite have power, only, only the elites are safe, and the middle class is gone, and the poor class is here just striving to survive. That's where America's going, and I'm telling you, there is no turning it around. And so if you're hoping God, if you're hoping uh, who gets elected to be president, if, any, if your hope is, is in any of those, doesn't matter where it is, America's probably not going to turn around, but let me say this, it can be postponed. If you've read the end of the book, the B-I-B-L-E, if you have read that for yourself, you know how the world turns out. So it's absolute foolishness for you to look at what happens in the entire world with the, the rise of the one world government, the great harlot, where everything is driven for profit and for money. And, 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 the, and when the great harlot collapses, when this economic system collapses, and then the dragon, the Antichrist will rise to power. That is what's going to happen. There is no country in the world that's not going to be affected by this. And America is not exempt from from that, but here is the great thing: even though at some point in time, you know, I don't. Is it going to happen this election season? R- remember this: you know, we've al- we've already got anti-American groups that have pledged that on the night of the election. It doesn't matter that they have said who wins or who loses; they want to disrupt everything in America for at least two or three weeks. So, what is that about? Well, when you start talking, when you start talking to some of these radicalized groups, you realize they don't really have anything. They're fighting for. They don't really have a definition of justice. What you discover is they have one go to create uh, and disrupt and cause conflict and chaos and destroy our country. It's not about helping anybody. It's not about helping the blacks. It's not about helping the whites. It's not about helping any particular group of people. It's about destroying America as we know it. And um, uh, it's so sad that these people, the, the, the communists call them, uh, uh, call them, I'm sorry, I just, I just, went, I just went blank. I, you know, have, I've had some medical procedures recently that, and, and the, the, the uh, drugs that they gave me to help to take me through a particular pre- procedure I had not too long ago actually affects my memory. But the communists call them useful idiots, useful idiots. Our young people, usually with a college education, because in college they learn the lies of socialism, in college they learn all of these these anti-American, anti-God, anti-everything kind of philosophies. And so then they come out. Now, these are people who have never started businesses. They've never helped build America. They've never helped do anything good for America or any country. These are people that take and take and take and take. And they're idealists who don't even realize the very thing that they're trying to establish will not only destroy our country, it will destroy them. And they're called useful idiots. These are idealistic people who are so greedy and, and so foolish that they're destroying they're destroying our country, they're destroying the world, but they are destroying their own future. Now, and it, and it has nothing to do with justice. You know, I believe there is a need for justice, but uh, uh, I believe the need for justice is about returning to the biblical standards that our founding fathers used that governed our country effectively for so long. And in fact, the, the, the real truth is there's a, there's a reason that we can't bring our country back to justice. And the number one reason, the number one thing that's going to determine how quickly our country falls is really going to be the spiritual health of the church. Now, the spiritual health of the church cannot exceed the 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 true heart-to-heart connection that believers have with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and what believers grasp about truth and reality through the word of God man I was going I was going through today looking at every kind of survey that has done been done recently about believers reading the word of God and uh you know, I had a hard time settling into, okay, well, well, what's the reality here? Because uh, in in all the polls I read, uh, believers or Christians, as they call themselves, you know, oftentimes believe that the word of God is true, but they have absolutely no uh, basis or concept of how to apply the word of God to their own life and how it fits into real life. So the real truth is, Uh, Most Christians do not read the Bible for themselves, they expect other people to read the Bible for themselves and explain it to them. And uh, uh, what's even worse is the lack of Christians, which I don't like that term, that's not what God calls us, God calls believers, disciples. He called us sons and daughters. He called us, you know, you know. He he all he had these relational relationship and functional terms that he used to describe us. The word Christian is a word that the world came up with to kind of criticize us and make and make fun of us. But uh, but uh, 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 believers don't know how to pray. They don't commune as a whole very consistently with God. They. They say they believe in the God of the Bible, but they really don't know what the Bible says about God. They say they believe on Jesus, but, they, but, but then they turn around and in their doctrines and in their functions and the way they approach daily life, they deny pretty much everything Jesus taught. They deny pretty much everything that Jesus showed us and that he modeled for us how to treat people. Now, I'm not saying this is every Christian, I'm not saying this is every believer, but I am saying out of the people who profess to be Christians, the great number of Christians have no true knowledge of God and the great number of Christians have no true knowledge of the Word of God. They don't know when something is in the Bible or when something's not in the Bible. I have people call me that have graduated from Bible colleges, have graduated from seminary, and they'll be asking me questions and then they'll quote something that they say is in the Bible. I'm saying, well, where is that? And they'll say, well, I don't know, but I know it's in the Bible. I said, then, well, if you don't know, then you don't know it's in the Bible. And I'll open up a concordance, and I'll sit down with them. And I said, "No, let's look and see. Let's look at this concordance and see if what you just said you believe about God is anywhere in the Bible. You know what? I can't even start to tell you the hundreds of times that people were fighting and arguing over something they were insisting was in the Bible, and when in fact it was not in the Bible. You know, here's another really interesting thing. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I've just been chewing on this for quite a long time. You know, so much of our judicial system came out of the word of God. And one of the things about the, about, uh, the judicial system is, number one, you can't just bring a random accusation against Anybody, And you can't come and make an accusation against anybody when there's just one person because because just one person is just a he said, she said. You have to have at least one witness before you can come and bring an accusation against somebody. So if you will notice the way the trend has gone. Uh, You know, you just think back. uh, I mean, you just look back at every time. Every time there's been a political decision made, uh, in the Kavanaugh hearings or in any of these other hearings, it's kind of interesting. People, number one, they were assumed guilty until they proved themselves innocent. Well, that's exactly the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says that you have to have proof, very specific proof. And an accusation and it has to be supported by one or at least one or two or three witnesses so you are bringing an accusation and even then the person cannot be considered guilty until they have had the opportunity to present their defense now on a personal level the Bible says that the first person that comes and presents their side of the story that person always sounds right but we have become a nation uh, we've become a nation that says if I don't like what you do I make an accusation and, and me and my club, me and all of my group, we assume that you're guilty. And then we say, you have to prove yourself to be innocent. You know something, there's some things you can't prove yourself to be innocent of. There are no, there, there, I mean, I understand if somebody says you were over here committing this crime, you might, have, have an alibi where you can prove that you were, were somewhere else. But in so many, in so many arenas of life, you can't prove, you can't prove that you're innocent. And, uh, and so when somebody brings an accusation against you that they cannot substantiate by two or three witnesses and just says, now you, you, you got to prove, you've got to prove that you're innocent. It, it, it really creates a, a scenario that's almost impossible to, to create. Well, we do that to God. We say, Y'all got a call from somebody uh, just yesterday, and they said, My friend thinks that God causes people to be born with deformities and sickness to teach them things, and da 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 da. And so my thing is, well, okay, uh, does this person have any evidence, any proof that God does that? Well, where would they get that proof? Well, they'd have to go to the Bible. And so when you go to the Bible, you know, you look through the Bible and see if the Bible directly states that God does that. No, but more than that, you go to the life and the teachings of Jesus and you say, hey, did Jesus ever make anybody sick to teach them anything? No. Then you go to the names of God and you say, is there a name of God anywhere in the Bible that says that God makes people sick and that's how he teaches people? No. Then the real truth is, God is already proven innocent and you are making a false accusation. But we think that just because one or two of us get together and decide to accuse somebody of something, that the burden falls on them to prove that they're innocent. I got news for you. That's nonsense. That's unbiblical. That's unscriptural. But not only do we do that in our personal lives, and our relationships, we do this out in the, out in the public format. You know, you know, I've got a book that I may write. I've got I've got so many of my older books that I'm rewriting. I've got several new books that I'm writing, but you know, um, uh, don't use this name. Don't somebody go out there and run with his name. But I have a book that I'm kind of scratching out called "License to Lie." Did you know that? Uh, did you know that our congressmen, uh, uh, you know, can speak on the floor and lie about anything, and they are never held liable. For any lie that they tell when they are speaking on the floor. Now let's stop and think about this. These are the most powerful, pe- powerful people in the entire world, and they are given a license to lie. Politicians can run for office, and they can make every promise in the world. Now I've been watching politics real closely for actually ever since back in uh, ever since back in the the seventies, and. Uh, I cannot tell you the politicians that won elections on very specific promises they made to their voters. Do you know that they are not bound to any of those promises? They have a license to lie. Did you know that the, the news media goes on every single night? And I am telling you, I have never heard so many lies as you hear in the news every Single night, I, And I'm talking about lies. I look up, I do the research, I do my homework, and I find out that there's proof that says just the opposite of what they're saying. And later on, it usually comes out. But nothing ever happens to them because they lie. They've taken the First Amendment and they've twisted it around and, and they use the First Amendment to give themselves a license to lie rather than the opportunity to tell the truth without coming under attack for telling the truth. We, we are living in a godless nation. America is a godless nation. Most of the politics... Who govern our country, our godless politics, who are lining their own pockets, who are getting rich on the backs of Americans and lying about everything that we do, and we are all paying the price. And I want to tell you something. America's gonna fall. How soon is it's gonna fall? I don't know. We might elect a president that buys us two or three or four more years. You know, I don't know, but I've read the end of the book. If you've read the end of the book, you know America's gonna fall. But here's the great thing. You know, I we don't have to fall with America. We can do, and you know, in my book Apocalypse, I talk about this. I talk about the fact that the one thing that Jesus said more than anything else was, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And, And the book of Revelation talks about us being overcomers, and we are overcomers because we do hear, because we do believe the truth, and we do follow the leading of the Lord when we get into these situations, and I'm going to tell you something, the days that come as America falls apart and as the rest of the world sinks into the cesspool, we're going to see some of the most phenomenal miracles that you've ever imagined, and I got news for you, most of them are not going to happen at the altars of churches, and I'm not against churches, I'm for churches, but I'm telling you, most of them are not going to happen at the altar of churches. Most are not going to happen at the hands of the clergy. Most of them are going to happen with real believers facing real life situations. And we've got to make up our mind that we're going to walk with God and we're going to read the Bible for ourselves. We're going to pray and know God for ourselves. And we're going to walk with God and we're going to develop this capacity to hear and recognize the voice of God in our own heart and follow the voice of God as he is leading us, no matter what everybody else is saying, no matter what everybody else is doing you know when, when when israel went into captivity there were people prophesying uh that you know there wasn't that it wasn't going to happen that god was going to deliver them and 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 really uh, god said i think you know like god told jeremiah i believe was he said look it's going to happen and if you fight against it you're going to die by the sword he said it's going to happen so you walk in this and learn how to have victory in what's going to happen. I'll tell you, God will teach you how to have victory in every situ- situation, no matter what's going on around you, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how challenged it is, God will use you to help other people. And you can rise above the opposition and live an incredibly victorious life. But you can't if you don't know God for yourself, if you don't say in connection with God, if you don't learn to recognize and hear the voice of God, uh, uh, and if you, you know, if you don't have your own prayer life, if you don't read the Bible for yourself, you're, you're just never going to actually know what's going on. Listen, I, w- I want to encourage you this. You know, I have a program called Heart Physics, I have a program called Essential Heart Physics. This is a 30-day life renovation program that is designed to help you come to hear and recognize the voice of God in your own heart and live in victory in your own heart. Plus, I got over. I've got over 200 different series on my website, uh, drdrjimrichards.com uh, or impactministries.com. We've got about 200 video series for free that will help you to learn how to make this journey, not fall into what's going on, not be deceived by the news media, not being deceived by false prophets, not being deceived by false promises, and. and Now I'm telling you something, you can learn to live in victory, and I want to do every single thing I can to help you come to live in victory so go check out essential heart physics go check out all the free resources that we have at drjimrichards.com, and uh and also don't forget download this free book on the wisdom of god for a fair and just world and you'll start understanding what justice should look like through our judicial system but more than that you'll start understanding how to treat other people fairly and justly and uh you, you know you can take it into your family you can take it in your whole life listen i want to be a blessing to you i want to help you and there's a lot of there's a lot of hard, difficult things we got to face that we got to admit that we got to get ready for. And if we stick our heads down in the sand and pretend like, oh, everything's going to be all right. If we, if we elect the, the, the right president, everything's going to be all right. Well, m- let me tell you something. Things might be a little better if we uh, elect the right president, but that don't mean everything's going to be all right. And as soon as that president is gone, as soon as that president's not in power, trust me, the powers of darkness are going to rise right back up and start again. Man, this is challenging. This is probably scary for some of you, but it don't have to be. I want to help you get past it. So I'm going to keep talking to you about how to live in victory, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.